Miracy. There's all these playbooks, right, for like how to you know create the right course for your niche and how to market it. And it's great and helpful, you know, to have that for people just getting into courses, but you can run the risk of coloring in this playbook that's that's being provided for you and not necessarily having that deep connection with the people you're serving. Hello, and welcome to Course Lab, the show that teaches creators like you how to make better online courses. I'm Danny Eney, the founder and CEO of Miracy, and I'm here with my co-host, Abe Crystal, the co-founder of Rizuku. Hey there, Danny. In each episode of Course Lab, we showcase a course and creator who is doing something really interesting, either with the architecture of their course or the business model behind it, or both. Today's guest is Margaret Lynch Ranieri. Margaret is a best-selling author, an expert coach trainer, and the creator of Supercoach. Margaret, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, guys. So we've been getting much better acquainted over the last few months, but for those who don't know you the way that I'm getting to know you, who are you? What do you do? How did you come to be doing it? Kind of what's your story? And how did that eventually bring you to the world of online courses? Thank you for asking. So I started, gosh, it's almost been 20 years now since I left my illustrious corporate career. I stepped out of corporate America and into coaching because I always felt like I was meant to do something that just seemed bigger or more meaningful than just making millions of dollars for a billion dollar company. And I just started out as a coach and I made a business card that said success coach, which is kind of something I made up. And I knew law of attraction. I was learning techniques like tapping or emotional freedom technique and hypnotherapy. And I basically thought I'm going to help people just get out of their own way so that they can be more successful. And I did, a, you know, pretty bad job at first because what I did was go around networking myself, talking about techniques that people either wanted to debate whether they were real or true or worked. Like, what is that energy thing? And instead of talking about, you know, I call it now the modality myth that if I just talk about my technique and how cool it is, people are going to line up at my door. When I spoke about, do you feel stuck? And are you wanting to instead be able to feel more confident and market yourself more boldly, charge your worth? I immediately found that was the formula to get more clients. So I started to get bigger opportunities because of instead of talking about law of attraction and abundance and prosperity, which are kind of concepts, I was talking about how people really feel in all different aspects of their money, what I call the five kinds of money. And that's how I got my first book deal with Penguin Books, which was called Tapping Into Wealth. I started moving into using the chakra model as a way for deeper personal growth. And that led to my second book with Hay House, which is called Unblocked, which is using the same technique of tapping, but using the chakras as a model for a bigger inner transformation into one's personal power. So in 2013, I started training coaches because what I learned is that I had spent so many years working with thousands of people to get wow results in sessions. I found that I could teach that to anyone, that if I scripted what I was doing, I could teach anyone from any background to get the same results as me. And as one of eight children (laughs) in my family, it's like you share, right? You share, you mentor, you teach. When you know something good, you don't keep it a secret. And so I found that as much as I love doing the deep work, and I absolutely do, 
my favorite thing is teaching and mentoring. So I'd love to hear more about how those courses are structured, because you're operating in a very interesting space where, I mean, on the one hand, yes, there's the very engineering-driven, SOP-structured, you know, scripted, here's what to say when, you know, follow these scripts, say these words, etc. But coaching is very much a soft skill in that you've got to be sensitive and attentive to the energy to, you know, not misuse a buzzword, but the energy, the presence of the person you're talking to and feel their their emotions and their moods and bring things up in the right way to elicit the right response and hold a space and all that kind of stuff. And I would imagine that the scripts and SOPs could easily be misapplied to sound robotic and forced. And in that context, it wouldn't work. So how do you train people to not just know the words to say, but also call them to mind in the heat of the moment when they're challenged and recognize that opportunity and do it in the right way. It just, it feels like this would be a very challenging space in which to bring people to a level of skill and eventually mastery. If I could give the biggest, broadest stroke, the biggest key is recognizing that people get stuck and they get stuck at the beginning, the middle, and they get stuck at the finish line and they get stuck in all kinds of ways. And the coaches I train also get stuck. And they've also struggled with buying trainings and then not implementing it. You know, to just get it a little bit more personal for a second, when I think about our perfect customer, our avatar, if you will, her name is Mary. And so Mary is a woman who is in her second career in life. She's had a professional career that was really successful. She's worked really hard. And she knows there's something more for her. And in her heart, she wants to help people. And Mary has this big dream, but she doesn't know how to get there. And she has started to invest in becoming a coach or other techniques like that. But honestly, Mary keeps finding herself stuck. And so this is our perfect avatar. And we love her because every time she finds herself stuck on techie things she just doesn't know how to do, things that she thinks she should know how to do, She gets stuck because she's multitasking. She gets stuck because life is complicated and other things get in the way. And she gets stuck in ways that feel frustrating and mysterious because sometimes she's watching herself freeze and hold back and procrastinate and sabotage. And every week that goes by that she watches herself fail, her heart is breaking. And her heart is breaking because her dream is dying. And so our avatar knows what it's like to have a dream and take steps towards it and then feel stuck and blame yourself. And I was Mary. Many people on my team were Mary and we love Mary and we will not let Mary down. And so because of that, what I build into the program is not only the session work, right? It's 16 sessions, which probably each is two or three sessions. So it's well over a year of work that they know how to do. And that is recorded, it's on demand, but I also bring special experiences where I lead them through the work because every piece of the work is going after, uncovering, lifting up rocks, finding out where are you stuck now, And so not only do we bring the training itself, right, which I have honed for years and includes, as you mentioned, so many nuances, which is hard to script, right? But we also bring experiences where I'm leading people through the work themselves 
and constantly reminding them, you are going to get stuck at the beginning, the middle, and the end. And it is a huge piece of our culture that Mary doesn't let uh, her best friends down, her colleagues down, the people in the program with her down. And so they practice on each other. There is a constant building of confidence, both by practicing and hearing the other person say, oh my God, I can't believe I never saw this before. Like, and how much has it cost you? Oh my God, it's cost me years of wasted time that I've carried this fear or this belief that somehow I'm, you know, I'm not good enough yet. All the things that start to be uncovered. And then on top of that, we add what we call get shit done sessions, GSD, (laughs) and immersions. And so the get shit done is a space of time where people show up and there is a team member there to help them and support them. Because again, sometimes they're stuck on something techie. They're like, I can't figure this out and I am in a flop sweat about it. But it's really a working session because they're alone in their homes, right? There is no company sitting around them. And then we add immersions because immersions create energy. So an immersion is a day where now it's on the calendar, like for five or six hours, you are going to be working on, for instance, creating your offer, right? Creating your offer. And we actually kind of give them the offer because we're teaching them the coaching. And so creating your offer and learning how to present the offer and how to hear if someone is even a fit for you, we do that in immersions because immersions create the opportunity, the increased opportunity to actually be successful, right? It's that container of accountability. I mean, it's not like you're doing a lot of coaching and using a lot of coaching techniques in your work. For people listening who see themselves more as course creators or educators, do you have any guidance for them as how can they apply the perspectives you use in in coaching to move people into action to get unstuck? How can course creators use those techniques effectively in the context of their courses and programs to help their participants get better results? You should be able to describe who your buyer is And really check within yourself, like, do you care so much about them? Do you get them? Do you know them? But the second thing is really recognizing that people will get stuck. Sometimes when we are the content creators and we are the experts, we might characterologically be the type of people who go, what do you mean stuck? Like, I don't get stuck. I just do it. And I have a lot of friends and colleagues like that. They do not understand why someone who took their program and is incredibly bright and motivated is struggling with self-doubt and shrinks in fear when they have to charge their worth, for example, or take some action that is outside their comfort zone. And so understanding that there is a vast majority of people out there who will get stuck. And is there, you know, can you take a deep breath around that and both build it into your program, your training, presence it, speak about it, take the shame away from it, talk about things like overwhelm, right? Like we set a big goal and it feels really good for about a week and then it feels overwhelming. That's one of the ways that we get stuck, right? Now I feel overwhelmed. Talk about it, presence it. Don't let it be taboo. 
And if your course is going to involve live, then don't be one of those people that say this is a no complaining zone, right? And I know that can be very scary. A lot of my colleagues, like they live in fear because if one person says, I'm overwhelmed and I feel stuck, they know 8,000 people are going to pile on and they don't know how to hold the space for that, right? And depending on what you're teaching and how long-term it takes, I do recommend finding someone who is a coach that uses tapping to come in, even if it's once during your year, and use that technique because it literally turns off the fight or flight. In all of the overwhelm and stuck and procrastination, it all has a fight or flight component 100% of the time. And I know no one's supposed to say that, right? 100% of the time when we are procrastinating or stuck, there is a fight or flight component. There is an anxious mind and overwhelm and a tiny bit of a clinically proven technique of tapping on acupuncture points is clinically proven to turn down the fight or flight. And so if you are really concerned about people getting stuck, getting overwhelmed, starting to get frustrated at themselves or the program, because if if there's one person that's sort of disappointed in your program, there's another 20 that are disappointed in themselves secretly, right? They're like, this is my fault. And so using a technique that is designed very quickly to just make someone be able to speak it, move it, they all exhale and go, I can't believe you're letting us talk about this. And then there is a immediate shift to a more resourceful state. Um, So of course, you know, I'm a big fan of this technique. I've watched how it can transform people really quickly. But when people are stuck, you know, when mindset isn't enough, it means you need to go to the fight or flight response. And that's simply a very simple way of using tapping is, you know, tapping on acupuncture points to turn it off. So, you know, know your avatar, love them, love them to death, like feel their pain when they don't succeed. Make sure that you bring in a way that the presencing of the fact that people get stuck and hold a space for that, have have a, even if it's just someone you can refer to or bring in, have a way to contain that, to handle it very authentically and very real because most people do struggle with that. And then, of course, I probably don't need to say, you know, hold yourself to a a really high standard. Really think about that experience of when I consume this, does it move the needle? Um, And, you know, we don't have to have all the answers day one. But if you are getting feedback, evolve, right? Change, evolve, improve, hold yourself to that that awesome higher standard that we all want to have. Thank you. Awesome. That was really great. Abe, is there anything else that you want to explore? I feel like uh, we, we, I've, got a, I've got a lot of notes already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was like three mini presentations. So <laughs> that was quite in-depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else uh, you want to share, Margaret, before we wrap up? Well, I think the, the final thing would just be around um, don't underestimate the power of scripting. And so we teach people sometimes how to do things and what it looks like. Now, obviously, they don't need scripting if they're not making a course that they need to market in any way, right? But if you are teaching people how to put themselves out there in any way, shape, or form, or do anything that involves other people, remember that there's a passive understanding, right? We're learning, we're taking in information, we might have it all down. And then when we 
go to open our mouth in a social situation or a high pressure, you know, someone has puts a microphone like, what do you do for a living? Yeah, step up on my stage. Talk about your course, your product. How do I do that in a way that comes right out of my mouth? So versus passive, it's like active speaking muscle so that I know exactly what to say and have that come out of my mouth. And because I'm training coaches, they both have to talk about themselves, market themselves, and know what to say in a session. And someone could react in four or five different ways based on how we start the session. What do I say? What's the best demonstrated way to speak about that, right? If you're making an offer, what's the best demonstrated way to transition to your offer, to ask about questions? Does anyone have any questions for your offer? The more scripting that you can give people that gives them a starting point, the less of that sort of approach anxiety they will have because they they'll have a lot in their head and then they'll step up and say uh, uh, you know they get flustered because there's a million things they could say they don't know the best way to say it exactly so i'm a huge fan of giving people you know the scripting knowing that over time right they're going to get more comfortable they're going to own it they don't have to say it the exact same way but it reduces the well i don't know what to say so i can't make a video right? I can't take the next step. I can't write an email. So I'm a huge fan of giving people those kinds of um, scripted tools together with the deeper training underneath. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Abe, do you want to do the readout? Margaret Lynch-Renary is the best-selling author of Unblocked, a revolutionary approach for tapping into your chakra empowerment energy to reclaim your passion, joy, and confidence. You can learn all about her over at margaretlynchrenary.com or unblockedbook.com. Awesome. Thank you, Margaret. Yeah, this was so fun. Thank you. Now stick around for my favorite part of the show, where Abe and I will pull out the best takeaways for you to apply to your course. Abe, where shall we begin? Well, it seems like the big theme here was really coaching people to get unstuck and, and to deal with the challenge that, as, as we know, we've talked about lots of times in different contexts that information isn't enough, right? It doesn't really matter what topic you work on, what problem you help people with. You can give them a very nicely structured and helpful and inspiring information. And yet still people may feel stuck. And I, I thought it was an interesting model Margaret had that you can think about where they get stuck too, right? They might get stuck at the very beginning when they're just starting your course or program. They may get stuck at different points along the journey. Or frustratingly, from the teacher's perspective, they may get stuck right at the finish line where it seems like they're moving along and learning and applying, but then they're not you know, really able to, to fully implement um, what you're you're showing them. And so, you know, thinking about that concept of stuckness and, and where it can crop up and how to deal with it seems like a, a really interesting opportunity. Yeah, something that I really appreciated in the conversation, and it was kind of like there a little bit between the lines, but Margaret talked a lot about the importance and power of scripting. And scripting, of course, you know, you can script literal words as in what will you say when they ask you this? What will you say in response to that? You can also script behaviors. You can script reactions. Um, this is what Dr. Peter Galwitzer calls behavioral preloading, right? Having 
a plan for when this happens, I will do this thing. I will respond in this way rather than you get there and it's like, I don't know, right? I have to figure it out in the moment. And then you do kind of freeze or avoid or don't move forward. And there's a hierarchy of learning that is covered here, right? Because the first step is the scripting. It's what do you do in the situation? What are the words? What are the actions? And once you have that in place, and that's very different from learning about something, right? You can have a class about why and how people get stuck. It's very different from here are the words that you say to help people get unstuck. Here's how to literally handle that situation when it shows up. But then you want people to develop a fluency. And so the way you develop that fluency is with this immersive practice, actually doing it, trying it, seeing it, experiencing it, which uh, Margaret does when she leads people through these immersions, as she described, and has people actually do the practice. So there's a really powerful model there of how do you take something that is a challenging skill to get your head around. You know, there are a lot of categories where people are like, well, I can't teach this. It's years of experience and you know it when you feel it and it's muscle memory and all that kind of stuff. But this is exactly how you break that down and turn it into a curriculum. So I thought that was really insightful. And then the other thing that jumped out to me, this was like a a throwaway line, but she was saying for every person who is disappointed in your course, there are 20 people who are disappointed in themselves, right? And recognizing that we externalize our challenges and our frustrations. We're generally not good at the cognitive dissonance of, you know, I'm good, I'm trying hard, but I'm struggling, but, you know, it's all okay and I can somehow harmonize those different perspectives. And so when something goes wrong, the natural human instinct that sometimes you've evolved beyond and sometimes you're conscious of, but we all tend to descend to in our worst moments, is look for who or what to blame, right? And it's very easy for that to be the course that's in front of you because you are struggling with something. And sometimes what you're struggling with is just other stuff in your life. And so you're distracted. Ah, this stupid course. Or it could be, you know, I'm trying to do something hard and maybe it's not super clear. And maybe I am putting a disproportionate amount of frustration on the little logistical challenge because this is hard and I don't like the way that makes me feel. And so it's an encouraging note, I think, to all of us as teachers, instructors, creators, to be extra sympathetic to the challenged moment when a student may not be showing up at their best, because even though it may be directed at you, what it really is, is an articulation of, I'm really struggling here. This is hard. I'm not sure how to handle it. And then we, of course, as instructors get to, um, you know, step up to handle it well. And then going back to scripting, um, there's a there, there's a line they say in the military, you don't rise to the occasion, you descend to your level of training. And so having, you know, kind of closing the loop, having those scripted plans for ourselves, when someone comes at me with this criticism, I will respond in this way, I will create that space, et cetera, rather than hoping you're at your very best and present in the best way when it happens. Yeah. That's all I got. That's my little like scribbled notes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I agree with all that. The final point that you know, I thought she articulated well is just the importance of, of really caring about you know who your course is for and, and what it's doing, right? I mean, one of the weird things about online courses becoming kind of more popular now, there's all these, there's all these playbooks, right? For like how to you know create the right course for your niche and how to market it. And it's like, it's great and helpful to have that for people just getting into courses, but you can run the risk of, yeah, you're just kind of coloring in this playbook that's being provided for you and not necessarily having that deep connection um, with the people 
you're serving. I thought, you know, the, the passion that Margaret shared for like how she really deeply understands her particular clientele and, and how she wants to help them. And it's just a really, even though it seems obvious in a way, we, we forget about it. And it's really important, I think, to keep coming back to that and how important it is. I mean, the thing about engineering transformation at scale is that it's not hard once you've built the engine and the systems and the structures that do it consistently and reliably. But building that engine is hard. It does take, you know, insight and innovation and creativity and being willing to be bold and take risks. And it's very easy to default to not doing it unless you are driven by commitment to your student, to your client, to your customer, to the person who is coming to you for help. And so, you know, if you don't care about who you're serving, you know, maybe you should find something else to do. Yeah. That's all I got. You want to do the readout? Perfect. Thank you for listening to Course Lab. I'm Abe Gristel, co-founder and CEO of Riziku, here with Danny Eni, founder and CEO of Miracy. Course Lab is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Just Between Coaches and Soul Savvy Business. This episode of Course Lab was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Govertson assembled the episode. Danny Eni is our executive producer, post-production by Post Office Sound. Another thanks to Margaret Lynch-Renary for talking us through her program today. You can learn all about her at margaretlynchrenary.com or unblockedbook.com. And to make sure you don't miss the excellent episodes coming up on Course Lab, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. Did you enjoy the show today? Go ahead and leave us a starred review. It really does make a difference. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. All right, are you ready? Wait, what's my cue? It's a behind the scenes kind of thing. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Just Between Coaches, the podcast that tackles difficult coaching conversations head on. I'm Melinda Cohen and your host for this show. I also know that I'm listening when, again, my mind is relaxed. So I can almost sense that I'm listening on multiple levels. That's a great frame. That's a that's a really great way to think about it. Um, I think so, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because I think that something that is very dangerous is for people to think that being a great coach comes from having the credentials. One has nothing to do with the other. So again, part of it is just you know, either through questions or asking what they've tried, or sometimes it's, you know, the forest for the trees thing. My favorite part of having the hard conversation is, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. So while I love what's on the other side, I think navigating through that conversation is my favorite part. Yeah. Because We're not there necessarily as coaches to provide solutions. We're there to guide our people towards solutions. And and I don't know if it's, you know, societal pressure or peer pressure, but we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. I want to help and support coaches so that they can evolve into their greatness. 
my desire for the show is if I could scoop up all of the coaches and bring them into my living room and bring up the topics that leave crinkles in our forehead so that we can fully understand what it means to show up in our greatness, fully confident so that we can build better businesses, so that we can be better coaches, so that we can make a lasting impact on this world collectively. And we want to rise to that level. That being said, you do want to set yourself up and your clients up for success by making sure that there is clarity around their expectations and your expectations as to how you can help them. People have to know a little bit about what you offer. Otherwise, how do they know that they need what you can help them with in terms of that transformation? And I love having the conversations and navigating the topics that keep us at the forefront in a time with what I call the results revolution. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to start by saying that this is a really good problem to have, right? So if you have someone who's resisting your price, it means they're really interested in working with you. The thing is, sometimes it becomes negative. It becomes toxic. I've been in the coaching industry for almost 20 years now. And over these years, I have seen everything behind the scenes in our industry, everything that works, everything that doesn't work. I've seen the evolution of our industry and of what it means to be a coach. I just want to say to all the coaches out there, you know, matching who you are to the kind of coach that you want to be is just a practice. Do you want to add some parting words? No, I think you did great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, this is absolutely the tone, the feel, the everything. Okay, so I'm going to stop the recording now. Why are you stopping the recording? This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a wrap. That is going to be an amazing session.